Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Fun morning already, huh? Man, it's good to come to church and have fun. I don't know where it's, I don't think it's written anywhere in the Bible that you have to go to church and not have fun. Anybody have a scripture verse? You have to go to church and not have fun? No hands going up. Okay, that's good. I read my Bible a few times, so I get that. That's good. So we get to have fun at church, amen? It's a good time. We get to also honor the Lord with our giving. We, we call this continuing to worship the Lord with our giving. Continuing to work. We haven't stopped worshiping him. Just because we did some dancing, just because we did some singing, just because we're talking about giving, it doesn't mean we've stopped worshiping him. We worship him with our entire lives, every part of our life, every single part of it. So ushers, if you want to get ready to serve, uh, wait on the people. If anyone needs an offering envelope or maybe needs a bulletin who didn't get one, uh, you could raise your hand up and one of the ushers will help you and get you some of the information that's in there. There's other stuff going on at the church. I encourage you to you know, read through the bulletin uh, and the stuff that's going on in there. The scripture verse I have for offering today is 1 Timothy 6 starting in verse 17. It says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. What haughty means is arrogant or uh, superior, nor to trust in uncertain riches. So he is saying, hey guys, we live in the land of the free, the home of the brave. We live in America. And do you know that as a world percentage we are, every single person sitting in here is in like the top 5 to 6% of the world's wealthiest people. You understand that? He's, so this means he's talking to us. He's talking to us. If you go places to, in Africa and other places, the, the amount of poverty is unbelievable. We are blessed to be in America. And that is a good thing. But what's also a blessing is, is we need to be distributors of the wealth that God has given us so that we can get the gospel message out. We are, distri- we are a distribution center. I like to call ourselves, this church is a distribution center. It comes in and then it goes out. We are looking to reach the community. We are looking to have people come to know Jesus Christ. We are, we are put our, our efforts into water baptism because these are the spiritual things that we look to disciple people with and so that they can go make disciples, and this world is reached to that. So we're just a distribution center. This is, what, this is what God's telling us here in 1 Timothy, is, hey, don't be haughty about what we have. Don't even trust in what you have, these riches, but in the living God. Only place that we can trust is in the living God. That's what he's telling us. That's it. And why? Because that's, that is who gives us richly all things to enjoy. It all comes from him. It's all because of him anyway. It's all his. And when we leave this earth, we're taking nothing with us. Nada, nothing, zip, zilch, zero. Give me the German word for nothing. Nine. Nine. Yeah, there we go. You're taking nothing with you. So what God is telling us, don't trust in ourselves. Don't trust in what God has given us from a monetary perspective, but trust in him. And be God's distribution center while on this earth. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for 
43 salvations at sports and arts camp. I thank you, Father, that those families are now radically being changed. Father, I pray that each one of those kids and leaders who were saved get into a church, get planted into a church, begin to be discipled so that they will eventually also make disciples. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this this church is a part of a greater and a bigger revival that is hitting this city and this area. And Father, I thank you that you have called us to be a part of it. And so, Father, as we give our tithes and our offerings, we want to be just a distribution center. We want to do what you want to go do with this, Father. And so we commit this to you. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ushers, if you want to wait on the people, we do not have an offertory today. And we do not have a video today since we already watched the video. But I have a letter from our founding pastors, just a short note. Uh, They would have loved to have been here with us uh, today, this morning, uh, but they're actually traveling. I believe they're headed back to Maine. And I want to say a couple things is one, 30 years. Guys, 30 years. Do you know that the percentages of new churches that start or new businesses that start, the majority of them don't make it past five years? They don't make it past five years. And do you know something else, church family? This building that we are sitting in, this campus that we now get to enjoy, was the only thing, this was a field, this was like a cornfield. None of this was here. None of these houses were here. This community was not here. God, as, as, as Liz said, God had called Pastor Jim and Pam to Erie to build a great church 30-some years ago, and 30 years ago this month, they started the church. Now, they didn't start in this location. Every location of this church has been on Starantania Road. So fun facts sometime. You can wow somebody. Say, hey, I go to this church. It's 30 years old, but we've only ever been on Starantania Road. They were at the Montessori School. They were at Mill Creek Community. They were at Walnut Creek Baptist, or not Walnut Creek Middle School across the street. And now we are right here. This is where God has planted us. 30 years, Starantania Road. They're not getting rid of us. Okay? We're not moving anywhere. They're not getting rid of us. If anything, we're going to get bigger and move to other places and be able to reach downtown. I'll tell you what, I'm getting into my message already, but that's okay. Just bear with me. I know everyone's getting ready here. The Lord had told me many years ago that I was standing out on Lake, Lake Erie Community Park and in Lake City, and my heart was just yearning for downtown, just was praying for downtown Erie. And what I was like, but you know, we go to church and we're planted in Fairview. And this is where we're planted. It's where God has. We're going to reach this community. We're going to reach that community. This community, this is where God has us. And he also said, yes, but you can also reach there from here. And when I looked out over the lake, I saw the peninsula. And I, knew, I know the peninsula is not downtown, but when the peninsula wraps around, if you get on the other side of it is the bay, and you're now looking at downtown. So church, we are going to not just reach this community right here that he has placed us in for 30 years. We're going to also reach downtown Erie and where God has called us and where he's planned us to go. We're already doing a great work in the city mission and God's doing amazing things. So thank you, all of you, for your faithfulness. Some of you have been here for 30 years and we're so excited. But Pastor Jim and Pam wrote a little letter and I want to read that to you today. Wow, 30 years, exclamation point. Looking back, All of us can see the faithfulness of God. In the natural, the odds are against any startup church. But a church built on the word of God has heaven's guarantee of success. After all, Jesus said, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Pam and I thank God for his faithfulness, and secondly, we thank you and the many faithful people who have prayed, served, and sacrificially given to make ECF, Erie Christian Fellowship Church, a success. And with deep gratitude, we thank God for Pastors Jason and Liz. They responded to God's call and directive to lead ECF into the next season of fruitfulness. Thank you, Lord. Always remember, God rewards those who obey and honor him with their lives. Today, may all of us celebrate and receive those promised rewards. Congratulations, ECF. We love you, Pastors Jim and Pam. So give them a hand. They're probably watching online. 30 years. Amazing. Well, God had told me to to speak on a series called Marked by Miracles. Marked by Miracles. And I'll tell you what, this series was born out of some studying that I was doing in Acts a long time ago prior to our founding pastor, Pastor Jim, falling down on the side of the road of a heart attack and being basically without oxygen for 13 minutes. And then what God has done, and I'm not going to go through the whole story, but what God did is basically miraculously raise him from death to life. It is an amazing story of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, and his miracle-working power. And I'm telling you, our founding pastors, as that happened, I truly believe as a church and as a community, it has like opened up the expectation factor to a whole nother level for us as a community. It has, it has taken, so faith grows by reading the word of God, by hearing the word of God. And so as we have been growing in our faith and listening to teaching and hearing Pastor Jim and Pam and others build up our faith, we now have these miracles that are now going on top of that and that are occurring, that are setting a new hope and a new expectation that every one of us can walk around with a life that is marked by miracles. This is not just for a few people here and there. This is for God's chosen people. Each and every person that has made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. If you said, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I call you my Savior. You now have the ability, and I'm going to teach about this today, to walk in the miraculous. You can walk in the miraculous. You can actually live a life marked by miracles. So, well, that's not possible. That only happens for some people. No, it doesn't. It can happen for all people. The Bible is no respecter. It tell, it's not a respecter of persons. It says, well, no, only some people. No, it can be for all people. And there's some guidelines that he talks about, some things that the Lord shows us through his scripture on how we can live a life marked by miracles. And so the whole series of, being, of living marked by miracles, I started walking through the Lord's Prayer. So we've been doing this series for a while now. And I'll tell you what, I told Chris this on Tuesday or Wednesday. Look, I am not smart enough. I'm just letting you know. I am not that good of a planner to think that we are going to get to the part of the Lord's Prayer on the 30th anniversary celebration so that I can share what God has put in my heart about the next 30 years of this church on the exact, like it wasn't going to fall like this exact perfect time where this Sunday I get to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like I, wasn't, I couldn't plan it that way. But God knows what needed to be said. God knows perfect timing. And in two weeks from now, I started going down through the rest of the Lord's Prayer is water baptism. 
And in two weeks is, forgive us our sins. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? This is what water baptism is all about. So God has this series planned long in advance. He knew exactly what's going to happen. And so I'm excited to share with you this morning what God has in store for us as a church for the next 10, 20, 30 years, however long until Jesus, as long as he's tarrying and he's not coming back, God has a plan for this church, for all churches, but for this church specifically, to walk by miracles. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word that you have for us this morning. I thank you, Father, that this church has been established, has been rooted and grounded in love and in your word. I thank you, Father, that this church has made an impact in this community. I thank you, Father, that this 17th annual sports and arts camp continues to bring new families, continues to bring salvation message to those who are hurting, those who are lost, and those who need you. And Father, I just thank you now that you will bless this message, that our ears would be open, that our eyes would see, that fresh revelation would come, that we, not only as a church, but also as an individual, can walk a life that is marked by miracles. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I have some testimonies that I want to share with you. I got a couple testimonies I want to share. You guys know that I love testimonies. And the key scripture verse for this entire series comes out of Job 5, 8, and 9. This is our base verse, and then we're walking through the Lord's Prayer as to how to live a life marked by miracles. It says, but if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him, for he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed. We can't... We can't even fathom some of the things that he's doing here and the, what he is doing all around the world. We can't even fathom it. Miracles that cannot be counted. Miracles that cannot be counted. And this is what is beginning to get me excited is because the miracles that I'm now hearing are not only happening on Sunday morning. You see, church, week after week after week, there has been some kind of miraculous healing that happens on a Sunday morning. It's like, I mean, I have the list of them. I write them down. I'm trying to count them. I know the Bible says that I'm not going to be able to, but I'm going for it for now until it happening so many times that I won't be able to count them any longer. So I'm writing them down week after week after week. And this morning and this week, I heard of, oh, I think it was three separate miracles that are occurring not even here during the church service. This, this, is what I, this is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm longing for. I want your lives to be, my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. That's what God has called me to do. I want to equip each and every one of you to take your life that is marked by miracles and go out there. Go show, the, give them your testimony. Tell them what God is doing and then pray for people. Pray for people and begin to see miracles working outside of these four walls. And this is what's beginning to happen. I know I talked a little bit with Rich about some of the things that happened at Roar in the Shore last night. I talked with with Trudy, whose friend, who they basically said she was done, right? Trudy, she was done. She had every possible problem you could think of with every possible, you know, every machine, every wire. And Trudy went in there and started praying for this person. One thing by one thing by one thing by one thing by one thing. And God, in his miraculous power, started taking care of this, taking care of this, taking care of this taking care of this, taking care of this. And now the lady is at home. She's still working on one more thing we're praying for. You see, when we pray and God doesn't do all of the miracle miracle work, immediately there's miraculous and there's healing. They're two separate things. God miraculously does a work, 
of power. And then there's healing, which sometimes is a process. So we are praying and continuing to believe that this healing process keeps manifesting. This is how we have to pray. This is how we have to live. And I'm proud of True. She went out there and said, you know what? This is ridiculous. This isn't God's will for her. This is not right. This isn't God's kingdom on earth. This is not supposed to be here. So she said, you know what? My expectation has now gone to another level. My expectation is at a new level. And I'm going to begin to pray and believe that God is going to do something. This is the kind of stuff that's happening outside of this church. This is the kind of stuff that we're here learning in here so we can go take out there. This is the stuff that's happening. We are walking through the Lord's Prayer. And again, it's fitting that today's portion of the Lord's Prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to talk a little bit about what a kingdom is. What is a kingdom? And so I started doing a lot of research on kingdom. What, is it, what does it mean? What does God's word say about his kingdom? So if we are praying this prayer, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, it sure would be nice for us to know what are we asking to come? Yeah? What are we actually asking for? Yes, your kingdom come. What, whoa, what are we asking for? Are we sure we want this? I'm pretty sure that we do. But I, want to, I, started doing, I started reading scripture everywhere it said kingdom. What does it mean? And I want to read a couple of these to you here this morning. Because if Jesus is commanding us to pray this way, then it must be possible to have this prayer. If he's asking you to do it, Jesus never asked anybody to do something that they couldn't then go do. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. He is asked, so he's saying, go ahead and pray this. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and expect it. Go ahead and believe for it. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. What does that mean? So I'm I'm going to give you a couple scripture verses here. Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32. says, do not fear, little flock. We're the little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So this is like, I love when scripture validates scripture, right? When scripture just does it to itself. So we're saying, your kingdom come. Okay, but how do I know for sure? How do I know that he really, really wants me to call his kingdom? Does he really want me to operate in God? Well, it says it right here. Do not fear. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants it to come. He wants it to come. That is his will. His desire is that his kingdom actually comes. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God. So not only does he want it to come, now he's asking us for a response. We have to now seek him and his kingdom and his righteousness. And what then happens? All these things are added unto you. And what I find is amazing is the scriptures before that, it's talking about what shall we wear, what shall we eat, what shall we do, all these things. But he's also talking about that the kingdom of God, as we're seeking it, it is being added to us. It is a reality that we can partake in the kingdom of God on this earth. Church, on this earth. Come on, this is awesome. I mean, it's just because we go about our day, we walk through our day and we just, okay, well, we go to work, we go home, we eat, we go do all these routine things. But what God is saying is, yes, I get it. You have to do routine. You have to go to job. You have to go to your work. You have to do this. But he's saying, could you just ask for my kingdom to come each and every day? Could you ask your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth every day? How amazing is that? John 3, 3 says this. 
Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh Uh-oh. This was like, this hit me pretty hard. So what the Bible is saying is, if we want to see, if we want to experience the kingdom of God in our life, heaven on earth in our life, the very first thing God's telling us to go do, we have to make him Lord of our life. We have to accept him as our savior. This is step one of a life marked by miracles. You have to be part of the miracle family. You got to be part of the miracle workers family. This is how this works. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if you're here this morning and you are not born again, you have, which means that you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You have not asked him into your heart to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Because you want to live a life marked by miracles. You want his kingdom to come. God's making it very clear. You can't be part of the kingdom unless you make me the Lord of your life. Matthew 4.17 says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's available. Make him the Lord of your life, and you'll be able to see the kingdom. So what does this kingdom look like? What does it look like? 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. God's kingdom is filled with power. You want a life filled with power? You want a life filled with wisdom and power to operate in the day-to-day things God's calling you to go do? Then we say this prayer, your kingdom come. Because when you're asking for the kingdom to come, you're asking for power in your life. This is what you're asking for, power for my life. Romans 4.17 says, For the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The kingdom of God manifesting in your life is power, peace, joy, health, wholeness. This is what we all want, isn't it? This is what we all want. So when we say this prayer, this is what we're asking of God in our life. And the last scripture here is Luke 10 verse 9. And it says, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom of God, as it begins to surround you, brings healing and wholeness to your life. Not just physically, but spiritually. So what is a kingdom? A kingdom is the king's domain. It's the king's domain. It's his property. And when you're in a kingdom, there's only one person in charge. There is no democracy in the kingdom. Church, I know we live in a democratic republic, I think is the right word to say. You know, we live here in a country where we vote. Wait a second. When you're in the kingdom, there is one authority, one ruler, one king, and that is God our Father with Jesus Christ at his right hand. This is our kingdom. This is the kingdom now that we belong to. And what happens when you're in a kingdom, the king's rules apply. When you are operating in a kingdom, when you are living in someone's kingdom, then the king's rules are applied. His atmosphere. And what I love about anything that sets itself up against that kingdom gets exiled. It gets exiled. 
If something is going against the king's laws, the king's rules, the king's commands, they have to go. Oh, church, the same thing in your own life. If there is something in your own life that has set itself up against what God's word is and the promises of his word of health and healing and your bills being paid and strong relationships, then it has to go. It has to go. This is why we're calling this prayer down. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. His kingdom. I think too often we're missing the fact that we're actually in God's kingdom. I know we live on this earth, but we are part of his kingdom. And we have to demand that God's kingdom reigns on this earth. His laws, not the world's laws. Church, I understand that we are in a battle. And that the enemy, who is Satan, does not want us to rule and reign on this earth. So it doesn't mean this is just easy. It's just, oh, well, just say this one little prayer and everything will work out perfectly. This is a fight. This is a battle. If you want to say your kingdom come, your will be done, you think that the enemy is just going to lie down and be like, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, sure, this is great. Yeah, you can have everything that you need. Every, yep, 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 that's good. Yep, yep. Heck no. Almost said something else. Heck no. Holy Spirit, like, stop right there. Beep. Use the CK, not the double L. Come on. Yeah? Heck no. Come on. No. You're going to have a battle to fight. We have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to continue to believe that God is who he says he is and will do what he says. Yeah, but that's not happening in my life. Yeah, it's not mad. Yeah, not yet. It is going to, and it will if you continue to press in, if you continue to not give up. When you fight the good fight, you keep going. You run the race. This is a race. You've got to keep running. There's obstacles that come in, but you've got to push through them. Get around them. Jump over that wall. Get, move things out of the way. This is what we have to do. This is the kind of life that we need to live. This is what I want our church to be able to do and live for the next 30 years or more, however long it needs to be. I love this little example. Anybody ever seen the movie Cinderella? The animated one is fine, the animated one. And I always, I watch this movie, I don't know how many times. I had a sister who was nine years younger growing up, so I watched it like a thousand times growing up, and now I've watched it another thousand times being in, in my household. But I, I mean, I, I seriously know like the lines of the movie and all the way through. But what I love about it is that when the king decreed that there was going to be a party in the palace, guess what happened? There was a party in the palace. When the king decreed that every eligible maiden needs to show up at the party, what happened? Every eligible maiden showed up. And then afterwards, when they had the slipper, and he said, we're going to try this on every single person in this kingdom, every single woman in this kingdom, what happened? It happened. You see, and this is what the beauty thing is about of our, we have a God, when he declares and decrees his law of his kingdom, then it has to happen. Then it has to happen. And anything that sets itself up against that has to go. Has to go. Even Drizella, I'm sorry, you got to go. Cruella, whatever, that's a different movie, you know? <clears throat> whatever the mom's name was, I can't remember at the time. And so I said, okay, so your kingdom come, your will be done. Well, what is his will? So if we now know what this kingdom looks like, joy and peace and power and goodness, what, is, what about his will? What is his will then? So 1 Peter 3.9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
He is not slack concerning his promise. His will, what he wants in your life, his promises, they're not slack. I think we read them and just like, well, I don't know if that's for me. Who told you that? Who told you that? That it wasn't for you. It says he's not slack concerning his promise. If he promises it, he'll deliver it. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Even when we mess up. Even when we're just like, oh, I don't get it. I... He still loves us. He still cares for us. Not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. One of the key parts of his will is that none shall perish. And what I love about how Jesus organized the verses in this prayer is that your kingdom come first, then your will be done. Your kingdom come. Because when his kingdom comes and power comes and miracles begin to happen, then we, when we surrender... When we then surrender to that kingdom and we say, no longer my strength, no longer my power, no longer my will and what I want to do, but your will be done, that's when the floodgates begin to open. That's when people who are lost become saved. That's when people who need healing become healed. That's when those bills begin to get paid. When we say, no, what? No, your kingdom come, your will be done. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. So if we are going to live and operate in his kingdom, and we are going to live according to his will in our life, then what this is saying is that we cannot be conformed to this world. We, can know, we can't look like this world. The vision for the future of this church is that people that leave here don't look like the world. You may dress, you may, you may, you may blend in from how you dress or how you look, but you are not going to act the same. You are not going to talk the same. You're not going to speak the same. You're going to be bold when you walk out there. And you say, let me pray for you. And people are going to say, okay, no one's ever asked me that. Do you know how many times that's happened to me? When you go ask for something, can I pray for you? Like, they start crying. They start, no one has ever, are you kidding me? Where are the Christians that are going out and reaching God, reaching these people for God? Where are we? What are we doing? Just a few months ago when I worked down in Meadville, I asked this lady, she's like, I said, you know what? Can I pray for you? She literally started weeping and bawling in my office. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. Has anybody ever asked to pray? She's like, no. Come on. This is what I want for us. This is what I want for this church. Don't be conformed to this world. What do we have to do? Then be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We must transform. Expecting God's kingdom and his will to be done in every area of your life is a renewed mind. That is a transforming of my mind. I don't know about you. Maybe you all walk around like, oh yeah, that's good. I got it. It's, I got, that's easy. I, no, it's not easy. It's hard. This is what he's asking us. We have to renew our mind daily, continue to transform what we think, how we think, what we believe day in and day out. That comes from reading the word of God, from digging in and worshiping with him. First Peter 2.15 says, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. This is his will. He's saying, church, go out and do good. Go out and do good. Go out and share your testimony. Go pray for people. This is what he's telling us because what happens is then people say, whoa, I didn't know. So many people out there are ignorant of the truth. It means they just don't know yet. 
They just don't know yet. This is what we are called to go do. This is his, it's saying it. This is his will. So when you're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. We are saying, yes, send me out to do good works. Yes, please. But we say it over and over the Lord's Prayer, and we don't think about it this deeply. We will now. Yes, we will now. So by doing good, we put silence to the ignorance of foolish men. Then 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So now we go out. So what he's calling us to do is go out and take these good works to the people who still need to know God and transform their lives. But how do we then act when we're not out there? This is how, what he wants us to do. Rejoice always in every circumstance. That's his will for you is to continue to rejoice, to pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the God's will. That sure sounds like heaven to me. Amen. Yeah. So his kingdom, which is heaven, we are calling heaven to earth. His will be done. His will is that we pray and that we rejoice and that we worship. I'll tell you what, I haven't been to heaven yet. I can't wait to get there, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot of joy, rejoicing, celebrating, thanking God. Do we live our lives that way? Do we wake up and say, hallelujah, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I love Bill Carell. He's not here, man. But he always says, every day is a great day. Some are just better than others. That's pretty good advice. This is what God's telling us here is to live each day praying without ceasing, rejoicing always and giving thanks. For what? That's his will. That's his will for us. Because he knows that when we do this, it changes our attitude. Church, it changes who you are. You can't tell me that you go spend some time rejoicing, constantly have a spirit of rejoicing in your life, constantly be praying without ceasing, speaking in your prayer language, walking around, going everywhere you go, and giving thanks and everything, and then you have an absolutely terrible, awful day. You see, it doesn't matter about the circumstances that come at you. This is what God's telling us here. This is how we are to act. This is his will for us, because the world is the world, and things are going to happen. Jesus never promised us that we would not go through trials. He said that he will take us through those trials. So it's going to happen. But when we rejoice and we pray continuously, he gets us through it. Jesus came to do the Father's will. Do you know that? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to do the Father's will. He had said over and over here that he said he only does and he only says what the Father does and says. That's it. So go look at the life of Jesus to know what God's will is for us. What did Jesus do? How did he operate on this earth? What, he saved, he healed, he restored, he brought back to life. That is God's will for you. You need to understand that. So many of us were taught differently growing up that when bad things happen, we say, God, why did that happen to me? Well, let me tell you why it happened to you. Because you have an enemy. It's not because of God. God, and this is what Liz was saying earlier, God did not put that sickness on you. What theology is that? Where did that come from? We have to understand who God is and what he is all about. So we look to the life of Jesus. So his will is filled with goodness, salvation, peace, thanksgiving, health, and wholeness. Again, sure sounds like heaven to me. To me, this is what I highlight. This is what I want for this church. 
Whatever is going on up there in heaven needs to be going on down here on earth. This is what we're asking for. This is the prayer. What's happening up there is we want to see that manifest right here. Is there anybody sick in heaven? I don't think so. Everybody in heaven knows God? Yes. This is what we're asking for here on this earth. On earth as it is in heaven. The right place where we live in this time, in this day, in this moment. Right here, right now. Andy, if you want to come up. I want to wrap it up with three things that I want each and every, every person here to take away. If you want to write these down, if you want to take notes. This is kind of like the summary of what has come out of these scriptures and my study on this is how I want us to live our lives. What I want this church family to go do. How, what are we going to go do as a church family? This is great, Pastor Jason. I, you know, you're really excited. You know, you use the left side and the right side. I have a tendency to stay over there. I'm working on maybe moving over here a little bit, talking to my friends over here. Okay, but this is, this is great, but now what do I do with this? Where do I go with this? So I pray it, but what do I go do next? The very first thing that we have to go do with this is pray. Our assignment is to pray this kingdom of God on this earth. We have to pray it forth. We have to begin to expect it to come and work tirelessly to see it manifest here on this earth. We have to be in prayer. Prayer without ceasing in your life. In your own life. Praying for your marriage. Praying for your kids. Praying for your job. Praying without ceasing. Praying that his will be done in your life. Not your will, but his will be done in your life. This is our assignment and we need to keep at it. And we need to be very careful with praying, if it be thy will. There are certain things you need to pray, if it be thy will, when they're not completely and utterly defined right in here. But if you have a situation going on in your life, and there is a promise in here, there is a response in here, there is an answer in here, you no longer have to say, if it be thy will. You begin now to pray, say, it is your will that this begins to manifest in my life. This is where we walk around being marked by miracles. We believe in this word and what this word has to say and the promises that are in here. Not if it be thy will, it is your will. This is how we have to begin to pray. The second thing is that we need to transform our mind. We have to transform our mind. Heaven on earth is not only possible, we have to begin to expect it. Church, I want each and every one of you to be expecting, expecting miracles, expecting the power of God. I want us to walk around excited when we hear about things, really excited about miracles, but not say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. I want our vocabulary to begin to change. No, I can believe that. I can believe it because I've seen that happen before. I've seen that tumor shrivel up and be gone. We prayed for somebody here on a Sunday and they went back to the doctor and the tumor was gone. Yes. Oh, I can believe it, church. I can believe it. We need to transform our mind in how we believe and how we seek. And how does that come? By reading God's word, by worshiping him, seeking his righteous, his kingdom. 
I truly believe this is a new covenant expectation, a new reality that we're believing for and expecting. Will there be challenges in your life? Yes, but the Bible promises you will overcome. You are more than a conqueror. And the very last thing, which is as important as the other two, is each and every one of us has to be a carrier of this kingdom. Each and every one of you has to be now an ambassador for this kingdom. You see, when you go and enter another kingdom somewhere else, and you are an ambassador for the kingdom in which sent you, you now bring the message from that kingdom. You bring the message from that kingdom into this other kingdom. And you begin to change how that kingdom operates and how this group operates because the kingdom and the message that you are bringing as an ambassador. We need to be carriers of his kingdom. You see, all authority has been given to us. All authority has been given to us. Matthew 16, 18, verse 19 says this. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The enemy's plans will not prevail against his church. Verse 19 says, And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He, church, come on, we're, this is it. He has given us the keys of the kingdom. Those who have made Jesus their Lord in life, he has literally, he's given you the keys to the kingdom. You are now ambassadors for that kingdom. Now everywhere you go, the expectation should be is his kingdom come, his will be done. This is, a whole, this is a whole new level as you think about this. The keys of the kingdom have been given to the church. And so what do we do? How do we operate with those? How do we carry this? How do we carry? How are we ambassadors? This is how. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have to walk around saying, no, no, no more sickness. I bind this sickness and you have to go. You know what? This person needs something happen in their life good. I loose that thing that needs to be loosed, and I send it their way in the name of Jesus. This is how this church needs to operate. This is how you have to operate on a day-to-day basis. The keys of the kingdom say we now have them, and now what we say, we can bind and we can loose because of what Jesus did for us. Come on. This is how we have to live. So here's what I find. If we now have the authority. The enemy doesn't have any. It, it says, we, have, we were given the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is it. It has to happen. It's the king's law. It's the king's ru- kingdom. And we're in it. Too many of us have given it back to the enemy. And when we agree with a lie, we empower the liar. When we agree with a lie, I think Bill Johnson says this often, when we agree with a lie, we are empowering the liar. And the Bible calls the enemy, Satan, as the liar, the deceiver. So when you begin to believe things that are contrary to this, you are empowering him. 
But no, no, no. We bind up anything that is not part of this kingdom. And we loose anything that has been bound by the enemy and say it must be loosed in the name of Jesus. Finances, health, whatever it is in your life, loose it. We can no longer sit and be quiet. When someone is sick, we have to say, you know what, in our workplace, let me ask you if I can pray for you. This needs to be the type of people that we are. This is our plan. We plan to see his kingdom on this earth. His will be done. What does that specifically look like as a church for the next 30 years? I don't know all the details. That's why we walk with the Holy Spirit. He leads and he guides. We may do something for a couple of years. We may change it over here. It doesn't matter because what it does matter is our constant focus as a church. Our constant focus is his kingdom come. His will be done. This is how we're going to live our lives. This is how we're going to fight our battles. I know there's that song. This is how we fight our battles. We will bind. We will loose. We will pray. We will seek. And we will have lives that are marked by miracles. As a church, we're going to begin to confront the impossible. I want us to begin to confront the impossible. You hear things or you see something on Facebook. I don't look at Facebook really much ever, but you see something, and something in us should say, whoa, 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 that's not right. That person needs prayer. That young boy should not have to be going through this and begin to rise up, begin to pray, begin to ask the Lord, what can I do about this situation? It may just be to pray. It may be to make a phone call. But church, I want us to start confronting the impossible because that's when he shows up, when we believe that he will do the impossible, not us, but him. So everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads. I mentioned earlier, I want to give a chance. I want to take a moment because the word says that this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that every one of us have sinned. Every one of us. The Bible says that the wages of that sin is death. And that's the bad news. The good news, the gospel message, the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So Jesus paid for those sins so that you could live for all eternity with him. And all the Bible says we just have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth. So if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, says, I recognize that he died for me. He went to that cross and died, and then God rose him from the grave to defeat death, to defeat sin. And I want to make him Lord of my life this morning. Today's the day of salvation. Just raise your hand. If that's you, if you're here and you've never made Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. Slip your hand up. 
Okay. Church, there is a hurting, dying world out there. And we are richly blessed to have made Jesus our Lord and Savior. Church, what we just looked at is he has given us the keys to this kingdom. He has given us power and authority to operate on this earth, to see his kingdom grow, to see his kingdom come and his will be done. So I just want to pray a blessing over each and every one of us that we begin to live a life or continue to live a life that is marked by miracles, that our minds would be transformed, that we would pray without ceasing, and that we'd be carriers of his kingdom. So Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning on this 30-year anniversary celebration with the kids outside having fun. But we submit to your will in this place today. Father, we're committing to pray without ceasing. Father, we are committing to transform our mind and renew our mind day in and day out to know you more. And today I speak over this church that we are now the carriers of your kingdom. We are now your ambassadors to go beyond these four walls and to reach a hurting and dying people. For your word says, it is your will that none shall perish. So Father, I pray a blessing over each and every person here, each family here, that we would walk in a life that is marked by miracles. And we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 So you are going to be dismissed here in just a moment. I want to remind you that we are having our 30-year celebration out there. So go ahead and grab some food, grab some cake, enjoy some time of fellowship. And then at the same time, know that I believe around 1230 is when we start shutting down the bounce houses. So if you could go make sure you find your kids by at least 1215 or a little after 12 o'clock, get your food now and then find your kids. And then by about 1230, things start shutting down. You're welcome to stay as long uh, as we're here. And so have a wonderful day. Have a blessed day. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.